Into the power money. Hmm? We are recording. Ah, so everybody knows now that that's happening. Good one. No, 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 no. They didn't catch that. It just cut in right after you finished that. I don't, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to put you on blast like that. All right. Welcome to the Sports Gods Pick Show. We got Ace, Ant, and Malik. What's up? What's good? All right. This week, we're going to be getting into the NFL draft again, off top. Anthony, mm-hmm. what you got going in your top five picks? I'll have to pull that up there, but just to let you know right now, Kellen Mond is getting a little hot there. They're talking about he might sneak into the first round. I think he will. So who do you think he's going to go to? I don't think he'll make it to Chicago, and I don't know if Chicago wants to spend a first-round draft pick on him because I really think that they're going to draft either an offensive tackle or a defensive player, a defensive, uh, defensive tackle, or I really think they're going to go with either offensive tackle or a cornerback because they had to cut. Um, well, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name because they had to cut Kyle. Jesus, Kyle Fuller, who had been with the team for about seven, eight years, who they were paying $13 million. They had to cut him and Akeem Hicks. You right. really need to draft for those positions. Eddie Goldman opted out of the 2020 season. So as far as Bears fans are concerned, like there's very few defensive tackles that are really like game changers. There's not too many Aaron Donalds or even, um, you know, Yannick Ngakwe kind of dudes who are pass rushers up the middle. So it seems to be that there's a few more offensive tackle prospects that are available. Well, I, I in my own... In my, my mock or whatever, I did go into the second round a little bit of it because I was thinking about it. And I do have the Bears, you know, getting trash, unfortunately, not killing mine. But um, as far as for the first round, I had the Bears getting, let me see, where is it at? I had the Bears getting um, Samuel Cosby from Texas. I think that's his name. That's exactly what I had. Offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I had them taking. And I'm actually thinking about switching up um, on my on my top ten as far as wide receivers because right now I have Jamal Chase going to the Lions, but I'm thinking I'm just going to switch them and the, the Dolphins have Jamal Chase go to the Dolphins instead, and have Devontae Smith go to Alabama. But so far, this is not my top ten going down from ten. I have the Cowboys getting Patrick Sertain, Broncos. I have him getting Mac Jones. I have the Patriots sneaking in there and taking Carolina's spot and getting um. Trey Lance, like I said, I'm going to have Devontae Smith to the Lions and, I, and actually have um, Lamar Chase going to the Dolphins. Bengals, I have, still have him with Penny Sewell. Falcons, I still have him with Kyle Pitts because that dude is a monster. And there's no way he's going to get, he's going to get past the Falcons. I have Justin Fields going to the 49ers and Zach Wilson to the Jets and Trevor Lawrence going to the um, Jaguars. The reason why I have Zach Wilson and then mm-hmm. Justin Fields back-to-back is because both teams, both the Jets and the 49ers basically run, is going to be running the same offense, same defense, little differences here and there. Gotcha. There's no way Mac Jones is going to go to the 49ers, in my opinion. Kyle Shanahan has said 
in the past that his dream quarterback was Kirk Cousins. So if Kirk Cousins was his dream quarterback, he was waiting to pay $28 million to after he left Washington. Instead, Minnesota scooped him up for more. Um, maybe Mac Jones is his dream QB that he would draft him with a top three pick. Now, it doesn't make sense that you would draft someone who's less athletic than Justin Fields. And Justin Fields played amazing this past season. Um, I, it doesn't make much sense to me, but if he does, I don't see why Atlanta would not be taking him, even though they have two, three more years left of Matt Ryan. Um, I don't see, think that Atlanta thinks that their championship window is still open. So with the fourth overall pick, why would you not take Justin Fields? I'm trying to figure out who's gonna, who in their right mind would draft Matt Jones from three on up. How, how, he's not gonna. He's not worth the top five. I'm, but everybody's projecting that because they, for some reason, they're falling in love with him. And of all the top four quarterbacks that they keep talking about, those top four quarterbacks, he has the weakest arm. He's the he he has the least amount of agility. They talk about his game managing and game decisions, and he played with the Heisman Trophy winner in Devonta Smith, guys who were just running wide, wide open this past season. Because I watch a lot more college football. Actually, I probably watch as much college football as I do NFL, but I do follow college pretty well. Right. And Alabama was just blowing doors off people. They played a 10-game SEC schedule, and they won 9-1. and one. They, just, they just took it to them. They made it look easy. I do want to say this before. I do want to say one thing before Malik gets on this. Um, I, I am liking Zach Wilson on this. And now, before, a couple of weeks really? ago, I was a little scared. But I started watching a whole lot of these BYU games. That dude's going to be a beast, especially if he has, if he has good blocking. I'd that, like to point out, though, he, he did play well. But he played well against weak competition. Yeah, but the thing is that the same thing can be said when you have, um, when you have Justin Fields and you have Trey um, – you, um, you have these – yes, they, the thing is that they have all these good talents around them, too, as well. You can still go either way. And, but the thing is that I was looking at, I was looking at the game of how he's actually playing. Uh-huh. He actually played real well, and he was actually, was actually getting these players to actually step up their game too to a higher level. Um, I was basically just watching it to see how he actually plays. Guys get drafted out of BYU. They don't usually get drafted out of BYU in the first round since the 90s. So I'm not saying he's not good enough to be in the NFL. What I'm saying is I find it odd that he's going to be a top three pick considering that he played on a FBS independent team that didn't get a chance to play any top competition, whose best game all year was Coastal Carolina. And then Coastal Carolina came in and beat them. All I have to say is just, all I have to say besides Coastal Carolina that everybody wants to bring up all the time, watch a couple of these games. I'm talking about full games. I'm not talking about highlights by the highlight man on YouTube, whatever. Watch actually some of these games. He's, and look at how he's actually playing itself and project them in a, on an NFL team. He's actually doing everything correctly. And he's actually doing he's doing he's doing an amazing job on that. That's all I gotta say. I, do, I know I, I know arm strength and I like his ability to run. So I do think I, I know if he was gonna say that's all BS or whatever like that. He still has to prove himself in the NFL. I'm just gonna leave it like that. I do like this kid. Do you think he's a better I can see Malik smiling over here, so he's gonna he's ready, he's ready to throw the throw the crap down. One last question before we go to Malik. Do you think he's a better prospect though than Sam Darnold was coming out of college? Mm, I say, I say, I say no. Thank you. All right, go ahead, Malik. 
I mean, look, Anthony's doing what fans do when you know that you know that this is your pick, right? This is not even it's not even there's no secret anymore, right? So once you've known that this is your pick, you you go through the stages of acceptance, and you're you're now you've talked yourself into the belief that Zach Wilson is worth the pick, and he's worth all of the accolades that he's <laughs> going to be given. And I get it; like I'm not I'm not like I'm smiling because you know it's it's they say it's it's the five stages of grief. I think there's the five stages of fandom too, um, <laughs> where you know where the, the name comes up and you know, you're either excited or you're not. And then, you know, is this, is the reality starts to sink in that this is the guy that I'm going to have to cheer for. And so now you go and you look for um, superlatives. Look at the, in the end, it, Wilson is as the number two pick, he is going to be compared to all the quarterbacks that are taken, that he, that are taken in the same, um, you know, top five areas. So he's going to be compared to Mac Jones He's going to be compared to Trevor Lawrence. And because he is the second quarterback taken after Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be expected at the very least to perform at the level, um, at a level below, right below what Trevor is. Like that, that's, that's the point, right? You're taking him before Fields, taking him before Jones, taking him before Lance. The expectation is that his ceiling is higher than the rest of those guys. And he gets there and, he propels the Jets to that to to heights that they have not been to in some time. The other thing that obviously you have to you have to take into consideration is that your team liked him so much that you got rid of a guy who, for lack of a better term, hadn't actually um, developed all the way, who you you know never got a chance to see fully developed, and so there's obviously that piece of it as well. Is you've got to buy into him. Um, you don't have much of a choice. You have to buy into them because if you don't buy into them and really just buy in the entire way, you know, what have you, what have you given up? You know, what are you putting, what, what kind of situation are you putting your team in? Are you putting yourself in as a fan of this team? So I get it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking you for, for, you know, watching the tape and seeing all the good things that he can bring. Um, But I'll say the same thing for him that I said for Darnold and I'll say for any quarterback is, if he doesn't have the the blocking up front, if he doesn't have the receiving talent, doesn't have the running back talent, he doesn't have the defense, it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough road ahead for him, you know. Um and so yeah. Just you're right, Bob, when we said about Donald, because it was the same thing happened. They kept on saying Donald was the best quarterback out of his draft, but yet you had what's the name for the Bills? You had Josh Allen, you had um What's the name? Um, what's the name from the Ravens? They went to better teams. They, Mark Jackson. Jack, right? Yeah. They, they had to, they had better teams that developed them. Even Baker Mayfield, he went to a better team that developed them. That's why he's still there. Rosen went to the worst situation out of all of them, and basically he's almost out the league. But Rosen might have been the worst quarterback out of the four. Even if he was, but still he didn't have no chance chance to develop. Well, Rosen's situation was was such that he he went to a, he didn't just go to a bad environment. He went to a he went to a bad team that was so bad that they got the number one pick again. And there was a better quarterback than him waiting for the opportunity to come and play. Like Kyler Murray was better than Josh Rosen. Even if Josh Rosen had had a good season in Arizona, if they got the number one pick, they were picking Kyler, they were picking Kyler Murray because he's better than Josh Rosen. See, but that's the thing. He couldn't even win enough games to not be 
to not be out of the number one pick. Yeah, yeah. They no, could have just managed to win five or six games. That they don't have a number one pick. Yeah, again. but I, I, I don't think that's yeah. To answer point, I don't think that that's I don't think that that was Josh Rosen's fault. He was on a bad team for a reason. He was on a, he was on a bad team for a, for a reason. They they were horrible, and they played themselves as a team, played themselves into the number one pick. Remember, they didn't start the season with Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen was not the starting quarterback at the beginning of that season. The starting quarterback at the beginning of that season was Sam Bradford. They right. signed oh, him, wow. Sam Bradford, to a one-year $18 million deal. Who's out of the and league wanted, right now. And, yeah, and they wanted him to be the number one guy. And he was so abysmal at the beginning of the year, and the team was so bad that they eventually went to Josh Rosen, who wasn't ready to play. Um, Josh Rosen got beat up because the offensive line was horrible. They didn't have a running game. Um, I think David, David Johnson, Johnson was, was out. I think David Johnson was hurt. He was out of the he was he was hurt. He had gotten hurt in week one. Mm-hmm. I remember that. He got hurt. He got hurt in week one against Detroit that, that year. Right. So like that team was just on in from all levels was just bad, historically bad. Got the number one pick, and then Kyler Murray was waiting there for them. So I don't blame that on Josh Rosen. But I yeah, say all that to say. And also you gotta remember too, the co- the coach won the Kyler Murray no matter what. Right. Then the coach got yeah. fired. Right. <laughs> then the coach that drafted Rosen, you know, he got fired, um, you know, that whole thing. And then obviously the new coach came, comes in and he's Kyle, uh, Cliff Kingsbury and he's all over Kyler Murray. So, you know, I just think, you know, Rosen got a raw deal. He may not be a good enough quarterback to take to take the reins on an on a NFL team, but he got a raw deal. Um, Unfortunately, we'll never find out. Yeah. Um, but hey, the reality situation is. After Lawrence, after Wilson, um, pick number three is really, really pick number three is where the draft starts. You know, you know, Lawrence is going one, you know, Wilson is likely going two. three is where there's some intrigue that starts with Fields, uh, Fields, Jones, Lance. um, And then from there, uh, you know, you start the where does the offensive tackle go? Where does Panay Sewell fall into that fall into that equation? Um, where do these three pass catchers, these three high-level pass catchers, catchers go? You know, I just I just happened to watch a replay of the pro day from LSU and the pro day from Florida, and not for nothing, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of these guys. Um, I watched the Alabama pro day. I don't think you can, you're not going to go wrong with um, with Devonte Smith. Jalen Waddle looks like a looks like a monster. You know, there's so much talent in this draft that, in all honesty. You know, what we always want to do is we talk about those first 10 guys. It's at such length that, you know, in a 250 player draft, we talk about that. We talk about 10 and, and really we talk about and really we talk about, you know, five because really the first five are quarterbacks. Right. right? Not usually, though. That's that that is quite unusual for the first five guys to be all quarterbacks in any draft. expected picks. Right. And like because they're not the first five guys in terms of ranking they're just the first five guys in terms of being picked likely which is weird because they're saying teams are starting to draft guys later in the first round basically to get them locked in for that fifth year option so if the bears had liked mitchell trubisky he would have still been on the team on the fifth year option right right but they don't want to end up with a dak prescott situation where you have to pay him sooner which is interesting right like all teams are trying to find this model can we get a franchise qb and then pay everyone else around him, get that talent around him. But then when you got to pay him, will it keep on working as what's going on with Dak now? 
Right. Well, and they, and again, that's that's the that's the other the other piece of it is well, you when you have a team that is on the cusp of something great, or when you have a team like Atlanta who, if, in any in any situation, they they believe themselves to be better than they better than they showed. So they now have an opportunity that they probably never saw themselves being the being the the fourth worst team in the NFL going into last season. They didn't see that, especially so, with the way the NFC East played, because they lost right. a lot of close games, Atlanta. Right. So if you just think about it from that standpoint, like they're sitting at number four in a position that they obviously never found, never thought they would be in, and they're probably, you know, seeing saying that they'll they're likely never going to pick this low again, you know, unless they have a, another historically bad season. Do you pick the quarterback that you know you can uh, that you can groom? you know, behind, behind Matt Ryan. I think you do. I mean, I think if you are in this position where you can draft the, the, the next, the quarterback for the next decade to 12 years of your, of your franchise, you draft him now. You don't wait. You don't draft Kyle Pitts or, um, you know, one of these, these high-level offensive guys because you're not winning the Super Bowl with, with, with Matt Ryan. You're not, most not likely. Not for most likely. The team they did, was it last year or the year before, whatever, when they got their, their quarterback? Cause they, they, right, because they they figured that he he fell to them, whatever, and they did that, of course, with Aaron Rodgers because they felt that he should have been way up there, and he fell to them. Right, the Falcons are going to be as good as they are, and they can get a tight end in the second round. They can get a pass. They can get receivers in the second round. This is a deep draft. They're not going to get Justin Fields in round two or round three. No. They're not going to get anything close to Justin Fields in round two or round three. But that's just, why I think Justin Fields. Will they a, be just a quarterback as bad again there. next year? So, so Malik, I don't think so. Opinion, do you think that Mac Jones goes to the um, 49ers and Fields goes to the 49ers? I think the first four picks in this draft are quarterbacks. I think, I think it goes, I think Lance is the only one, in my opinion, that is that you know has a potential to fall somewhere around the bottom, the bottom five of that top 10. So I don't think I don't think it goes five quarterbacks, but I think four quarterbacks go off the board right away. I think it's uh, you know obviously Lawrence, Wilson, Jones, and Fields go one through four. I could see San Francisco going for Fields. It sounds like everybody's talking Mac Jones, um, but I could see them going for Fields. I don't see Fields going. I don't see I don't see Justin Fields getting past the fourth bit. Me neither. Whether it's, whether it's Atlanta or, or somebody else coming up to Atlanta's pick to get him, I don't see Fields getting past four. You don't see Atlanta taking who's considered the best overall player in the draft and picking Kyle Pitts. Just based off of everything that we've said, if you have a great team around a so-so quarterback, like I keep saying in every podcast that we talk about the draft, you can win the Super Bowl with Brad Johnson. You don't need to have a star QB. So you can't. Yeah, so if we take all the best talent before him, we could draft a dude in the third round who could get it done in a couple of years. But Kyle Pitts is not well, – Brad Johnson – remember, Brad Johnson wins and Trent Dilfer wins when they have an out-of-this-world defense. The defense carries those teams, and the quarterback does just enough to not, you know, to not offense, throw the game away. The offense had a lot of people. Like, let's not and, sleep like Mike Allscott. Keyshawn Johnson. Like right, right. And, it, and Atlanta's offense is perfectly capable of being, you know, serviceable without Kyle Pitts. Like, Kyle Pitts is not 
not taking that offense to a level that they've never seen before. This offense has been a high-flying offense. And to me, it's, you know, again, I'm, this, is, this is nothing to do with Pitts. This is just to do with the value of quarterback in the NFL, how the quarterback position is valued and how picking the fourth, picking fourth in a, in a draft where there are four legitimate, where, you know, from all types of purposes, there are four to five legitimate franchise quarterbacks in this draft. You take one of them. If you far, need one, you take one. How far do you think Pitts is going to drop in? Um, I don't think he goes past six. So that's the I thing. I think uh, six is Miami. Okay. He's not going to get past Miami because they'll take him. I think he gets past Miami. They'll take him over Jamar Chase or over Devonta Smith in your opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he gets past Miami. I think, I, think, I think he's definitely in play for Cincinnati at five. I think he's in play for Miami at six, and I know he's not getting past Detroit if that, if that would have happened. So you know what like, that means? That means that Jalen Waddle or Jamar Chase – that means Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith is going to end up on the New England Patriots. At 15? Yeah. They won't get past the Eagles. Because other people have team needs that supersede getting a wide receiver. That's true. That is true. The Patriots, who didn't make the playoffs last year, are going to get a number one receiver with the 15th overall pick in the NFL draft. I don't think they're going to go to the Patriots because the thing is that Patriots don't draft good receivers in the first round. So they might just shy away from that. Especially how they were stocking up. Missing every time. But you saw how they were stocking up in free agency, grabbing the two best tight ends that was out there and everything else like that. Yeah, because they they weren't going to be able to draft one. Yeah, but I don't think... I, for some reason, I see Waddle coming all of, at the least. It would be the Eagles. I mean, I can see the Patriots making a run to get up the to get up the board to get Lance. If the if the four quarterbacks go as fast as as fast as I think that they will, and there's no chance for them to get up there to get Mac Jones or Justin Fields, maybe they panic and and go after Lance. I mean, they've they've already done some unprecedented things this offseason that we've never expected them to do. Um, spending the type of money that they've spent on the players that they've spent it on, uh, bringing back Cam Newton after a year where he didn't, you know, clearly did not have a great season. Again, not not totally his fault, but you know, he did not have a great year. So they brought him back, and everybody thought that they were going to be going for, going in a different direction, a quarterback. And you know, so uh, New England's prime to do something that we haven't seen. So you they know, explain that too. Why they brought Cam back? Because they said that he came in at the at, at the tail end of the um, what's the name, the off season or whatever. He didn't really have time to you know get in prep. Then he had COVID and stuff like that. So it's like everything was thrown off on that. So, oh yeah, it's a legitimate. They have legitimate reasons to believe that Cam Newton, that what they got from Cam Newton, is an outlier, right? Um, so yeah, I, I'm not saying. I'm saying I'm just saying it's it's not something that they would normally have done, right? You know, it's not something that you would have expected out of this team, and so, yeah, I think New England is definitely a live dog in the situation to to come up in the draft and get Trey Lance if they think that that's the guy that they really really want, and I think that's what they're gonna they go see for, that right? run. They see that run happen on quarterbacks. Yeah, I really can definitely see them going for Trey Lance, especially because you can have Trey Lance sit there learning from Cam Newton, who actually been to the Super Bowl, who knows how to be a professional and stuff like that. That's be a perfect person for Trey Lance to study a year or two under. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. So I'm still working on my board. Uh, well, actually, my board is up, but um, 
I'm still deciding on whether or not I'm locked in on, on some of the players that I am. You know, the hardest thing about the draft for me is, is not really that first 10. It's really that next 10. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not the first, not the first 10 and it's not the last 10. It's that middle group where, you know, the teams have a, a number of needs, um, and you're just not sure what kind of move, uh, movement is going to happen in there. Usually at the back end of the draft, when folks start, when, when you, know, you get to those teams that are really good, made the playoffs, you know, had some good success, and, and maybe missing or lacking one player here or there, you know, you're either, they're either going to pick a guy who you kind of already had locked into them because it feels that, that, that major need, yeah. or they're going to trade out right? There's a team that's like in the first few picks of the second round that really wants to get a guy that's there. They're able to trade out. Those middle guys, anywhere between, to me, like 13 to 22 is where they're just those middle-of-the-road teams where they've got, a, they've got a, a fair amount of needs, but they've also got some flexibility to move up and down the draft. And those, those are the ones that I'm, a little, I'm still a little hazy on. Right, you don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you hate it when one of when when your team is there, when your team is one of those teams that went like eight and eight, seven and nine, even six and ten, right, right. up all the way to like nine and seven. That's the team that you're like, oh, I don't even know what the hell we're gonna do. We're well, just hoping you just hope somebody falls to you, right? That's basically what it is. Yeah, that's basically it is the worst spot to be if you're a fan of any of those teams. Cause you're not you too you're too good you're too good to be bad to you know to start over and get one of the top blue chip players, and you're you're not good enough to be really in the playoffs, and you know you're gonna go somewhere you just right in the middle just flip flopping back and forth like all right whatever, whatever right and because there's so many guys that you like you know in the beginning right. of the draft, at the top of the draft you know you lock in on two or three guys because that's who everybody's talking about you know, right. and you try to see which one of those guys fills the major hole. And like I was talking about the the back end of the first round, you know, those are really good teams that may have one or two huge holes that either they have, there's, there's a guy there waiting for them, or there's a team that's ready to come in, trade with them to get it, to get in, to get, get another guy that they need. But in that middle ground, it's like, there's a bunch of guys I like, <laughs> but I don't know if they're going to fall to me. And, you know, and then when, when we do get to my point, my pick, there's nobody there that I want. So... Yeah, I have KC as usual. Every every mock that I did so far, it's always an offensive tackle, offensive line, because that's what they, that's what basically they lead right now. It's offensive line because they let them go. Protect when you lose Patrick Eric Fisher, Mahomes. you have right. to draft an offensive tackle replacement. And Eric Fisher was the number one overall pick in the draft. Don't right. forget, Patrick Mahomes can make one of us run routes and look good out there. He needs. I would draft him an offensive lineman every year. Every year, mm-hmm. I'm drafting offensive offensive linemen to protect Patrick Mahomes. First round, first I, round, first round, first round. You can put you can, you can plug in any wide receiver in there. You, I, you it doesn't matter. Him. It does not matter. <laughs> He's that good. It doesn't matter. If you just keep him upright, he will make everything else okay. But back to what y'all were talking about uh, for the seven and nine and eight and eight teams. That's my team, Mr. Chicago Bears, and they're right there, and the Pats are right there. Any team basically picking between thirteen and like nineteen, that's that team. We barely mm-hmm. made the playoffs because the NFC East was so bad, so we kind of snuck in, winning the last game and other teams losing. But you, our offensive line is terrible. 
Kyle Long retired. I think he's coming back. Um, their offensive tackle situation is like so-so, but they clearly need one for the future. But what's interesting is there's not a lot of offensive line talent in this in this draft. So drafting one in the first round, the guy could turn out great, or you can end up drafting a much better wide receiver because I do believe the – what's his name out of Minnesota? Um, that wide receiver is going to drop down probably to where the Bears can get him. So they've already franchise tagged Allen Robinson because they know he is a player, but they still haven't found a quarterback. So do you take Kellen Mond? Do you take the wide receiver? What do you do? One thing is that for sure is that a lot of these tackles, they might be guards on the next level. So, because they, they basically talking about that because of the short arms and stuff like that. That's what I see in those analysis and stuff like that. They can't really stretch out to, you know, to be perfect blocking, but they said they'd be guards, good guards on the next level, how they play and stuff like that. I'm not looking so, too deep into the draft of the analysis. I just kind of, I don't want to talk myself into anybody because whoever the team picks, like kind of like the league said, like I'm going to go along with it anyway. Right. Right. Like unless I'm really out on somebody, like when they drafted um that guy who kept breaking his leg, Kevin. Oh, uh, Benjamin? No, nah, Kevin Benjamin. It was it was it was um from West Virginia. It was a first round pick for the Bears, like Kevin Woods or something. And he never ended up really getting on the field for us. He was a promising wide receiver, very fast. White. Kevin White, exactly. Kevin White. Oh yeah. I'm watching like, Kevin Benjamin was with the with the Bills, I think. With uh, exactly. Carolina. Oh he Carolina. Never kinda ends up working oh, out. So not even teams like that, like a team like the Giants, a team like the Bears, a team like New England, like that seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven area is where you're really going to have to hit it in the first round because you you need to draft starters. You need to draft dudes that are going to make a difference. And that's, that rarely, if ever happens. I don't know if it, it the Bears would do this, but if I was them, I'd trade out of that, that pick, try to gain some more mm-hmm. draft picks. They need to build up their team because they're not going to get one of the top quarterbacks. They needed to clear cap space. So that's what they did. They need to find a way to get rid of uh, Nick Foles, but that'll be a miracle. If they cut them <laughs> to save money, they would have. But moving on to our next topic. Oh, before you do that, I just like to um say one thing. Um, rest in peace to DMX, Black Rob, and I heard too Shot G as well. Yeah, I just wanted to say that a little um, rest in peace on that one before we move on to the next topic. Sorry about that. Oh, that's perfectly fine. I thought you might have wanted to save that for your shout outs, but that's all right. No, right I, I want to give a shout out so a little bit lighter. Maybe somebody else might want to go on that. I've been pumping uh, DMX and um, Black Rob all week. I still remember um, going up to Canada in when I was like 19, 99, 2000, and uh, dancing on the stage with two beers in my hand to like, whoa. So <laughs> shout out to Black Rob. Good times, my man. Like, it seems weird that these rappers that I listened to when I was like barely turning 20 are now passing away. And it's just, it's just crazy to me. Definitely. I really don't feel that old and I don't see them as that old either. But moving on, we got the NBA playoff push and some MVP talk. And speaking of MVP talk, did y'all hear the argument between Mr. Brian Windhorst on the Hoop Collective Oh, damn. You got to go over that one. One of the funniest conversations. It's so hilarious. (laughs) So hilarious. You know, it's, there was a, there was a point where they were arguing and one of the guys, I I think it was uh, Bon Temp says to Windhorse, you're lucky you're not in the room with me right now. 
<laughs> like you are lucky we are not in the same room together right now. And so, you know, and Windhorse just like he bypassed it, like he didn't yeah. say anything or whatever. They went to the next next topic. But my what I was hoping to hear was, and what? What would happen <laughs> if we were in the room right now? Like, you know, I wanted that to happen. I wanted that to go down because it was really trending in that in that way. What would you do if we were in the room right now? Um I really wanted to see it happen. It was it was hilarious. It was two it was two nerdy guys having a nerding out conversation around who's the best basketball player, you know. Not who's the best basketball player, but why, who's the MVP? Who's the MVP and why Joel Embiid should still be in the lead just because he missed 10 games. It, it and was then my absolutely favorite was, hilarious. My favorite of the whole thing was when Windhorse calls Bontemps obtuse, and he's like, I don't even know what that word means. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of lets me know, like, yeah, they're getting into it, but he, he wasn't taking it too seriously. They just liked yelling at each other. And it did make for a good pod. You know, conflict uh, builds an audience sometimes. But I will say, like, it's with with Jokic now that um unfortunately Jamal Murray's out for the rest of the season right for the Denver Nuggets and they're in the four seed if he can't get them to the three seed with LeBron still being out and only AD there and also the Phoenix Suns losing tonight um the Nuggets are gonna have to make a push it's all on Jokic he's got help he's got uh Michael Porter Jr and he's got Aaron Gordon who can pick up the scoring they're gonna lose so if he can't get it done he can't get them to the top three in the West. Maybe he's not the MVP. No, Joel Embiid is back. And if the Sixers can hold on to the one seat and keep the Nets off and also keep the Bucks from catching up to them, then he's clearly got it. Because as much as they want to talk about the East, the East is weak, it's really more the fact that the teams in the West that are bad are really bad. They have the two worst teams in the league in the West, in Houston and Minnesota. Everyone else is kind of clustered towards the top. But there's really only th- three teams in the West or four teams in the West that have a chance of winning the championship. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Nuggets. Everyone the else. Jazz. The Jazz aren't winning. You said they have a chance. Yeah. I don't, I don't think the Clippers are winning either. They have a chance, just like the Jazz do. Okay. Jazz enough. is number one seed. The Jazz is number one seed in the West. They, they, they right. got to have a chance. You know I'll, I'll, I'll I have a chance to win too every time I play my, my, my lot of tickets too. But. I'll knock it down to 14. <laughs> I'll knock out the you Nuggets. Do. I'll knock out the Nuggets and I'll bump up the Jazz to there. Uh-oh. Jazz may be the number one team in the West, but I realistically don't see them beating anybody in a seven-game series the way they're playing right now. And also with Donovan Mitchell being hurt, who knows how injured he really is, but that's going to affect them come the end of the year. And I think LeBron is just resting, waiting up, coming back to the playoffs to come get everybody. Maybe that's just me being suspicious. Yeah, LeBron is, that's what LeBron does now. He's just going to just rest up, wait to the playoffs and destroy everybody. He's definitely going to come out of the West. Come and Drummond, and Drummond working his way in. Teams. Yeah. They're, they're, they, were, they were beating Dallas tonight. I'm watching this game right now. Dallas is up 105-98 with seven minutes to go in the fourth. And, you know, Montrezl Harrell isn't really getting it done the way he was, but AD is back. And Andre Drummond is also playing really well for them. So we will see. Malik, what do you think about the East playoffs, though? Um, I think to your point, 
uh, about the West, the interesting thing about the East is that there's really only, you know, really three teams um, that have a legit shot at, you know, coming out of the East. If all things, you know, all taking all things into consideration, right? You've got Brooklyn, you've got Philadelphia, and you've got Milwaukee. And the reality situation is with Brooklyn being, having not had full, have not been at full health the entire season, there's really no way you can say exactly what this team is. You don't know what this team really is. You know that this team is, has tons of talent. They're extremely top heavy. You know that they have, you know, two, if not three bona fide MVP candidates, you know, in a, in a, in a great season. Um, and you know that they are capable of outscoring anybody on any given night. Um, and they have weathered a storm of, you know, of injuries, you know, throughout the regular season that they're just not going to have the luxury to do when they are in the playoffs against the team, against teams that uh, have their number. I really think that uh, unlike that, just like the bubble season, the heat are going to be a very interesting team when they get into the playoffs, the heat just have a, a, a way about them that, you know, allows them to win series like this. So, you know, a series against a team that is vulnerable, that they can uh, exploit a, a, you know, uh, a flaw of some sort and, and, and really, and really, you know, you know, make, make some, make some noise happen. Uh, but outside of those top three, you know, I don't think you're putting your money on anybody else. You're not putting your money as much as we love the Knicks. We're not putting our money on the Knicks to come out of the East. Well, hold um, on. You don't know what the mods are. It's like 5,000 to one still. I mean, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not laying heavy money on it. 20 bucks. Sure. Okay. But you know, we're not laying not heavy money on any K just yet. No, no. Um, not for anybody outside of that top three. Um, there's a lot of intrigue in the East. There's a lot of teams that, 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 you know, uh, from time to time look really good. I tell you, I really wish that, uh, Charlotte, um, LaMelo ball had been able to, uh, you know, his, it was, was still playing for the team and had been able to show, you know, had been able to keep, keep Charlotte up above water. They were playing really well. Um, they've fallen back a little bit with his, with his departure, you know, Atlanta's playing good good basketball. Indiana's playing good basketball. I mentioned the Knicks earlier. So it's, 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 there's a lot of middle, middle level teams in the East. Um, and, you know, Mellon there's, there's up coming back, by the way, they're trying to get him back. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I heard he's, uh, he's cleared for basketball, basketball activities and stuff. Um, so yeah, so it, there's a lot going on with respect to these teams. I just hope that the East, I think the Eastern Conference playoffs is going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, even though I think that one of the three teams that I mentioned before are the ones that are coming out of it, I think the series themselves have a t- have, will have a chance to be very interesting and very fun. I think the playoffs is going to be really good this year because I think that there's a lot of teams that there are no perfect teams. Even the Lakers are flawed because of the injuries to LeBron and AD. I hear so, you on that. Yeah. What's interesting to me in the East is really it's a top three, but it's how they end up because if you end up one, you're going to have a much easier road because you may end up being able to play the Washington Wizards who for some reason keep winning these games against teams that nobody think they can beat. And then they also have a pretty favorable schedule against teams in the West. And they may end up, I think they're right now like either the nine or the 10 spot, but they can still play their way in. As with Golden State, 
in the Western Conference and San Antonio, they're nine and ten, and they can easily knock off Memphis again, who's in the ninth, who's in the eighth spot, and in the seventh spot, I I could totally see them being able to knock out um, Dallas, right? Who's stuck there at seven? Who's really kind of upset that they're going to play a seventy-two game season and still not end up with a guaranteed playoff spot? As you can hear, Mark Cuban complaining as usual. They didn't play well <laughs> enough. Yeah. Uh, that's just all to it. They didn't play that's well enough. That's my boy Kristoff about that, you know. Yeah, he had to leave the game tonight with an ankle injury. He rolled his ankle in the fourth quarter, so we will see. <laughs> all right. Moving on. Anthony, you got anything you want to say about the NBA playoffs? No, quite the NBA playoffs, it should be the San Antonio versus the Knicks, but it's not going to happen, so I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> wishful thinking, wishful thinking, my friend. It'll come true Yes, moving on. We got the last topic of the night. Oh, wait, actually, yeah, we got the last topic of the night. We got the seven games we're going to be picking for Friday. So we're going to start with the Heat versus the Hawks. That line literally just came in as we were recording this around midnight. The Heat are on the road at the Atlanta Hawks, and the Heat are giving five points to the Hawks. Um, Considering how inconsistent the Heat have been, and the fact that they're playing on the road and the way the Hawks ended up losing to the Knicks and how they're playing as a team in general, I'm going to be taking the Hawks on this one. It's not going to be a lock of the week for me, but I think the Hawks getting five at home is a pretty good pick. I like uh, home underdogs, and I'm going to stick with the Hawks. They're a pretty tough team, and they can hit a lot of threes. Well, that's for me. I'm going to just go the opposite of you and pick the heat on this one. I, I'm looking at the – you said what was the spread on this one? Five. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to take this one. I think the Heat can actually pull it off with the point with the point spread on this. So I'm going to go that way. That's going to be my pick. Yeah, this is an interesting one, um, mainly because Trey Young. We saw Trey Young get hurt on Wednesday night against the Knicks. Uh, he's he's likely out for this game. Um, but the person that's also right now questionable is Clint Capella. Um, and he's been an anchor for that, uh, <clears throat> for that Atlanta offense and defense pretty much the entire season. Um, they're missing a lot of players and they're still without their, you know, and with, if they're going to be without Trey Young and Clint Capella, uh, even though they're going to be at home, I'll, I'll take the heat here as well. Um, the heat may, may be getting, uh, Tyler Hero back um, from his injury. He's been out. Of, he's been out the last few games, um, so he's questionable right now. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but the other, the other, so the other side of that is, yeah, take the heat. I'll take the heat. I'll give the five, um, and hopefully Atlanta can get back to being a little healthier soon because this is a this is a pretty good team when they're all healthy and able to be out there playing. The injuries for this one are going to be huge, and I didn't even realize that. So you know what? No, I'm still stick with my Hawks pick because <laughs> I think Clint Capella is going to be able to play because they're resting today and the Heat are not. The Heat had to play a game today and the Hawks didn't. Yeah. And speaking on that and the fact that this uh, line came in so late, it's kind of factoring in who they think will and will not play. Right. So if they thought the Hawks were going to have both of those guys, the line probably would have been a little bit closer in their favor, closer to even. Yeah, exactly. We, uh, agreed. Yeah. So – Moving on, we got the Nets and the Celtics. The Nets are giving seven to the Celtics. The Nets are at home. Celtics played tonight, beat the Suns in Boston. They're going to be traveling down to Brooklyn, which is not too bad. Um, not much of a road trip, really. 
I think the Celtics are going to cover that seven against the Nets. This is going to be my first lock of the week. Give me the C's to take it. Well, I'm hoping that is going to be the opposite of that. I want to see the Nets win there, beat the Celtics, help the Knicks out. And I'm looking at the spread. I don't think it's going to be that big, but I'm still going to go with the Nets on that one. Give me the Nets on that. And that's going to be my lock of the week. All right. Anthony going against me for no reason as usual. <laughs> the only thing I will say is Kemba Walker hasn't been playing too many back-to-backs, so that may affect the game. But Tatum didn't play well tonight, so maybe he'll play better tomorrow. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, uh, no major injuries on uh, on the Celtics side. Obviously, the Nets are still going to be without uh, Harden, but it looks like Kevin Durant might be back uh, for this one. Uh, he's not listed on the injury report for Brooklyn. No, I'm sorry, he's listed as questionable on the injury report for Brooklyn, so it's possible that he is able to come back. That does lend itself to believing that it's possible for him to uh, to suit up and if that's the case, then, you know, you, you really lean heavily, more heavily towards the Nets with him and Kyrie out there on the floor. Um, and so because it's still questionable for Durant uh, and Jalen Brown is questionable, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with you, Ace. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the Celtics to, uh, at the very least, keep it, keep it a close enough game to cover the seven. So, uh, again, I don't, think, I don't think Celtics will win the game, but keeping it close enough to cover the seven against a – Durantless team um, is probably within their realm. All right. Next up, we got the Clippers going to the Rockets. Clippers are getting. (laughs) Clippers are favored by eleven and a half. Oh yeah, that's right. Down in Texas, Rockets are the worst team in the league officially. Um, They're not trying to lose every game. They just kind of lack the talent and consistency. Although they have enough players to be able to try to do it, I don't see them being able to cover even a 12-point spread, which is kind of crazy. The over-under in this game is 221.5. So I don't see them being able to score that much. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Rockets on this one. Yeah, I'm actually going to take the Rockets on this one as well because I don't like that spread. It's kind of weird that I'm actually going on the same side as you, you know, going the opposite way. It's usually the way to actually win this thing and, you know, actually pick the good picks. But this time I'm going to have to go with you on this one. I'm taking the Rockets on this one because – I like I said, I just don't like that spread. All right, Malik. So the last two games, um, Houston was uh, actually today. We're recording this on Friday, April twenty third. Their last game, they were eleven and a half point fate, point underdogs against Utah. They lost by twenty three. Um, they were five point underdogs against Miami on the nineteenth of April. And they lost that game by 22. So the covering for them, covering for teams has not been very, very difficult for anybody trying to cover against these teams. Like they've lost three of their last four games. They, they won, they won a game against Orlando on last Sunday. They won by four points, but of the last four games they played, they've lost by 29, 22 and 23 points respectively. Houston's Houston. If you, if you think Houston's going to lose this game, they're probably going to get drubbed. I'm going to take the Clippers. So what you're saying is Houston's due, which is what to I To continue to lose, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even keep it close. Is Kawhi going to play or are you going to rest this game as well? Kawhi is listed as out for this game. He's not going to play. He's got a foot injury, and it looks like he's not going to play until at least May. I say the Rockets lose by nine. All right. 
we got the Wizards. I don't even know. This. Oh, no, the Wizards are not playing at home. They're going to the Thunder. The Wizards are favored by nine points. The leading scorer for the Oklahoma City Thunder is Lutens Dort, who has been dropping points all over the place. This guy's a shooting guard. Really good in the playoffs for them last year. Actually helped them get to the second round. Kind of surprising that they did. They beat the Rockets. Oh, no, they almost beat the Rockets. They did not make it, which is kind of why Chris Paul was able to be traded as he showed his value to the Thunder, getting him into the playoffs the way that they did it. Um, the Wizards has actually been beating teams that they should be beating and beating them by a lot pretty soundly. So I'm going to make my second lock of the week the Wizards. Oh, I feel scary because I, I got to chase my computer a little bit more to the side. I think you've been looking at my my picks here. Um Usually I don't pick the Wizards on this one, but I'm going to have to go this way. I do not like the Thunder at all. I wish they changed their name back to the Sonics. I really, really love that. Change back to the Sonics, move back to Seattle. Maybe they actually get some good players back on there. But um, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to pick the Wizards on this. That's going to be my second lock of the week. All right, Malik. Two words, Westbrook's revenge. Take the Wizards. Okay. That's all you need to say. That's all <laughs> I need to say. Uh, I think I think Russell Westbrook <laughs> is going to absolutely go go ballistic on this team. The Wizards are healthy, relatively speaking. Yeah. They are um, the better team overall. They're playing better right now. I believe they've won now. It looks like about six straight. Yeah. They're uh, close into the playoffs. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, they've won six in a row, and they've won uh, eight of their last nine. So, you know, they are. They are coasting and they're playing really, really well. Meanwhile, we're looking at uh, looks like twelve consecutive losses for the Oklahoma City Thunder so yes. far. So, yeah, they're gonna lose <laughs> most likely. And uh, give me the five points. Yeah, I'm sorry. Give me the give give them. I'll give the nine points and assume that Russell Westbrook puts on a puts on a show for his OKC fans. All right. Game number five, we got the Hornets hosting the Cavs. I think this is an easy pick. Uh, the Hornets are giving one and a half to the Cavs. The Cavs actually won the other day. I think the Hornets are going to end up dropping this one, and the Cavs are going to steal another game off of them. Kevin Love is back. The Cavs just actually beat the Bulls. Um, they beat the Hornets the last time they played. I don't see how the Hornets are going to be able to take this one because Gordon Hayward hasn't been playing much. And they just don't really have the defense there to do it. Even though the Cavs have been basically actively trying to tank, their two guards, Garland and Sexton, have been playing really well. And with Kevin Love and everyone else back healthy in the front court, I could see them easily winning this game. So I'm going to take the uh, Cavs here to cover. Yeah, I'm just going to pick the Hornets on this one just because it's time to go back to being the opposite of you. Because for some reason, I think something's shaky there. I'm not going to go with that. I'm going to go with the Hornets. For this win, Lee. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take the Cavs, uh, and I'll take I'll take the one and a half here as well. Um, look, there's no real reason why. I mean, there's look, there's no there's not a lot of evaluation needs to be done here. Charlotte without um, Lamelo Ball, Malik Monk, and um, I believe Terry Rozier is playing. Uh, looks like Devontae Graham might be out too. Um, but yeah, Charlotte is a team that should be much better than they are. And Cleveland is a team that is by all, by all stretch, they're just, they're not very good. Um, and so 
in all honesty, there's no reason that they can't win this game uh, outright. One thing I will say, <clears throat> excuse me, for Charlotte, uh, prior to their win, prior to their loss to New York uh, a couple of nights ago, um, right before that, they did beat a very healthy Portland team at home. So, you know, their ability to win a game in their own house against uh, competition, you know, that's, that's coming and trying to take them out is there. Um, and so I think, Anthony, you should feel confident about your pick um, of Charlotte uh, because it's not like they're, they're just laying eggs at home. If they're going to be at home and this game is, is in Charlotte, uh, Cleveland, I just think Cleveland does just enough to cover this, to cover the spread. Maybe they lose by a point and we're able to, uh, to salvage something there. So give me Cleveland and I'll take the one and a half. It's kind of hard to pick this game, but yeah, I'm still it's, gonna pick my pick. It is hard. It is hard. So all right. I don't think it's that hard. Caps for the win. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Nuggets hosted. Nuggets are going to the Golden State for the Warriors. The Warriors are getting three points at home. Steph Curry is on a tear. He is healthy. This man has hit 54% shooting from the field, 50% shooting from three and 78 made threes in the past 10 games. In his last five games, he's had six more than six three-pointers with 10 games, with, no, more than six games with 10 three-pointers this season in the past five. And he also has a record 72 game. He broke the record for most threes in a 10-game span with 72, which is insane. The Nuggets don't have anybody to guard him. Frank Campazzo is going to have a very long, uh, very long night. The Warriors don't have so many big men, so it's basically going to be can Curry outplay Nikola Jokic? Can a unanimous MVP beat probably the future MVP? And I think he can. Draymond Green is going to be able to handle Aaron Gordon. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be able to get dealt with by Kelly Oubre or Andrew Wiggins, who are athletic enough to stay with them. I think they have enough defense on the wings and some of the other positions. And Kevin Looney, who, you know, he will be able to get it done for the Warriors down low. I think he'll be able to stay with Nikola Jokic because with, with them losing Murray, I really think they kind of lose that extra punch. And with the Warriors just being so good from three, I see that being able to carry them in this game. So my last lock of the week is going to be the Warriors. And Well, definitely give me the Warriors in this one. But you, I don't have to explain no more. You basically explained most of it right there. I'm not – how many locks of the week do we have? I, so, I got so far as two, right? You got two. You got the Nets and you got the Wizards. I got the Celtics and the Wizards. And Malik has the Heat and the Wizards, I believe. I want to make this lock of my week, but I think I'm going to make the next one the lock of my lock of the week. So, but still, give me the Warriors in this one. All right, Malik. Yeah. I'll take the Warriors, too. Um, I talked you into it, huh? Well, I mean, like, man, look, Steph is playing out of his mind. I mean, and this game is in Golden State. Um, and so it's just really hard to bet against Steph Curry right now. Um, when you need 30, he gives you 37. When you need 40, he gives you 42. You know, he's just playing the type of basketball that you just have never, you've never seen at this level of consistency um, for this, this, this stretch of time from him um, or from anybody for that matter. Right. It's just, yeah. it's ridiculous. You know, how, how, how efficient he is and how well he is moving without the ball and doing all of this without Klay Thompson. You know, this team is, is really exciting to watch. I will definitely be watching this game. 
uh, and checking for it. So I'll take Golden State and uh, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the three points here uh, at home. I think the three points and then being at home is really what it does for me. But also it's the fact that I know that Steph's not going to really have to guard anybody on offense. So he may really be able to cook them for 60 or 70 points. And it's really not in the realm of possibility of him pulling that off. And when this is going to be the um, late game on ESPN on Friday, yep. nationally televised game, he will just cook Nikola Jokic and be like, I'm the MVP. <laughs> Last game of the night, 10 p.m., Trailblazers hosting the Grizzlies. Trailblazers are giving two and a half to the Grizz. I got the Blazers. I think this is the easiest one. Um, if I could have had a four-game parlay, I would have taken this. But I'd also like to mention last week I was 3-0 and my best bets. Malik and Anthony were both 2-1. and So if you listen to this, all of our best bets have really been pretty much money all season, so I would stick with those. But give me the Blazers. I'll lay the 2.5, and, and I would take the over as well at 232. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, you know, I'll take the Blazers here as well. Um, I'll give the 2.5. Um, Memphis hasn't done much to show, you know, that they're worth actually – backing in this one um despite the fact that you know they are relatively healthy i mean uh jackson's been out the entire season but you know jaws there uh and and the rest of the the rest of the squad is 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 pretty it's pretty well intact um for for memphis but portland is uh, portland is a better team uh and they're playing for something they're playing for you know their playoff position and they're at home so you're just gonna have to go ahead and take Portland, and I actually think the three is a bit is a bit uh, it's a bit low. I think this line is a bit low. I think it, three is I could easily have seen this go to six and wouldn't have been surprised. They're not sure if Lillard might play. I think that's why. Yeah, I don't think that matters too much. Uh, <laughs> I'll take I'll take Damn. Portland and make this my third lock. He's like, nah, they're not going to win. All right. Oh, yeah, I didn't have to really say anything because that, that was my lock of the week, too. So, yeah. Go ahead, <laughs> no, All I didn't right. even say nothing. It's just Portland. Yeah, done. <laughs> All right. Anthony's not going to contrarian. Root is going to agree with us for once. So, that's nice. Oh, wait. Why am I going to go against you on that one? That was going to be my lock of the week. I already had it in mind since I saw that game. Oh, okay. So, to run down the locks of the week, I got the Celtics, Wizards, and Warriors. Ant's got the Nets, Wizards, and Blazers. And Malik's got the Heat, Wizards, and Blazers. So, just bet on the Wizards and the Blazers, and you should be pretty money. Exactly. And on the season, me and Anthony went seven and four last week. Malik went five and six, which brings our win totals. I am 60% on the season with 54 wins, 51 wins and 34 losses out of 85 games. Ant is 27 and 26 out of 53 games. And Malik having picked 67 games is 31 and 36 with his 46.3% win percentage coming in last. On my way up. And you can get started with the shout-outs. Okay. I got one shout-out. Just got to load this up here because my shout-out, this is the reason why I didn't want to have, um, you know, DM, talking about DMX, um, Black Rob, and quite Shock G and stuff like that. I didn't want this to be a part of my shout-out because my shout-out is basically this. As soon as it loads, if it ever does, but it's, it's the greatest thing in the world, knocking knock it on my Ikea wood here, that this doesn't screw anything up. Of course, it doesn't load. There you go. Taking it back to the days. (laughs) 
and that's all I need to do for my shout out. I'm done. Knock, like I said, knock it on the Ikea wood here. Don't, hopefully, I don't screw it up. Let's go next. Done. <laughs> love it, and I love it. I love that energy. That is all great, right. man. I got four shout outs. Shout out to uh, Scott Sykes for that Ikea video. I enjoy your fire roast of the Ikea customers. When you said, when does it end, Diane? Time marches on. You want that price, you're going to have to go through the quantum realm with Ant-Man. <laughs> that, that right there for me just had me, I was, I was crying whole real tears. Shout out to Meth and Red for their 420 show and to Doug Benson for his 420 show as well. Shout out to my Knicks for coming through with eight wins in a row. Last time they did this was 2014. And shout out to the FCS playoffs finally getting some shine on ESPN this Saturday. Go Holy Cross and Mammoth. I hope y'all could take down North Dakota State. They don't got Trey Lance, so y'all got a shot. Go ahead, Malik. All right. Two quick shout outs before we roll up out of here. Shout out to Zion Williamson. Um, if you guys haven't, haven't seen, Zion released his um, his first uh, signature shoe on Jordan brand. It's the Zion 1, Jordan Zion 1. Uh, released the shoe. The shoe actually releases tomorrow on the 23rd. Actually, today on the 23rd. We're recording this on the 23rd. So the shoe actually releases on the 23rd. Um, the shoes are the shoes are nice. Uh, no, no particular, you know, nothing really, really great about them. But the shout out really here goes to him because um, the shoes are reasonably priced for a for a player exclusive. These shoes are reasonably priced at $120. Um, typically, shoes by LeBron typically start out at 200 bucks um shoes by a lot of these other you know well-known you know big name athletes start out at 150 160 range and at 120 dollars um hopefully he's able to keep these shoes at a level where you know the kids can get them still the kids that follow him the kids that want you know that, that want to you know be like zion can actually you know ask their moms and dads to get them to get them a pair of these shoes and it doesn't it doesn't you know force the parents to have to make decisions about you know whether they you know pay the light bill this this month or you know buy my kid that pair of zions that he really really wants so Damn. um sh shout out shout out to him for for you know pushing to keep that at a reasonable price point yes it means that some of the technology in the shoe itself is a little bit limited it's not you know you're not going to see the same kind of technology that they put in you know for instance a pair of air jordan 35s um, just, and so they do that to keep the tech low, they keep the tech low in order to, in order to be, be able to hit those price points. But, uh, if this is going to be the Zion model, uh, moving forward, it shows that he's thinking about the people who, uh, patronize his stuff and who buy his, who, who will be buying his shoes. Um, and so with that thought in mind, just want to give a quick shout out to him and say, thank you. Uh, that's not, it's not all, it's not all the time that, um, you know, you know that that's his influence is there, or at the very least, if not his influence and his parents' influence, who definitely have raised him the right way uh, based on everything that we've seen. Uh, and then the last shout out, shout out to, this is a group of people. Shout out to Sub-Zero, Scorpion, <laughs> Sonya Blade, Jax, Shang Tsung, Goro, Shao Kahn, and everybody that's uh, associated with this new Mortal Kombat movie. I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. I don't even care if it's, I don't care if it's bad, as long as it's bloody. It's coming out today. As long as it's bloody and it's fun um, and there's some really cool fatalities. I'm here for it. I can't wait. 
shout out to those guys for you know sticking it out with us the movie was supposed to come out in january it got pushed all the way back to now um but i'm gonna have fun watching it this weekend so shout out to them for uh for sticking it through and giving us hopefully a mortal Kombat that we can all watch and get nostalgic about and remember those those days at the arcade console pulling each other's you know heads out of our, our heads and spines out of their bodies you know let's see some of that let's get a couple let's get a couple of those uh spine tingling you know fatalities and let's have some fun watching it happen so uh shout out to those people wow so i got invincible before i go to bed in mortal Kombat tomorrow cool looking forward Weekend to both of those. Right. exactly <laughs> good weekends coming up all right peace out y'all peace. all right guys later